Welcome to Simon Says Educate. I'm Simon, your AI host, and I'm here to guide you through the exciting world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. Together with my human co-hosts, we'll explore the latest trends and best practices in education, bringing you a fresh and engaging perspective on what's happening in classrooms and beyond. Each week, we'll dive deep into the issues that matter most to our community, interviewing faculty members, students, and other thought leaders in the field. We'll discuss everything from the newest teaching strategies and classroom technologies, to the challenges and opportunities of online learning, and the impact of education on students' lives and careers. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired and informed as we embark on this educational journey together. Welcome to Simon Says Educate. All right, everyone, welcome back to Simon Says Educate. The focus of our conversation today is going to be professional development. To start us off, our director and leader, Kristen Koblet. I think professional development has been a really interesting topic in general. Um, I think we're one of the few colleges that I know of that incentivize professional learning. I think it's most people, if you are in a union and you have a contract and your faculty, it shares that it's an expectation, but then there isn't an incentive to it. I think it's really important to incentivize things. I think it's better, we get better engagement. So that was our first step at Clover Park was to try to incentivize professional learning for faculty. So in our contract, uh, faculty can increment if they get a certain number of hours of professional learning. And another part of that was to really define what, as an institution, we wanted our faculty to be experts in. So two things. Obviously, we they're coming to us to teach here because they're experts in their field. As a technical college, we're going to hire people who are expert welders, who are the nurse managers, they're the the experts in their field. Most don't come having any background in education. So what we decided the second focus was is pedagogy. So through all of that, we ended up having the Teaching and Learning Center start. And it started the quarter before the pandemic. So I got this job in January of 2020. And I was having the best time going around and talking to everybody, finding out what their professional development needs were. And I had a five-year plan that changed to a one-week plan in March of 2020. Right. So I ended up um, getting more release time, working through the spring break to get everyone converted to online instruction at that point. But what suffered in all of that for a little bit was professional development because we were in crisis mode. We were trying to get the campus in an environment where students could still be learning and in their courses. But what it did do was accelerated my five-year plan and faculty did take professional development. They saw that converting classes online is not just taking your class that you did in person and putting it online, that there there's more way more to it than that. So I think what that did is showed 
people the necessity of some professional learning opportunities that we provided for them. For example, AQ, where they were learning about best teaching practices. I think that that was fine for the time, but it has the feedback we get from faculty and the, the few months that I was able to go around and talk to faculty pre-pandemic, what I heard was, we just don't have time. The students are our focus and we want to give everything we have to our students. And that is admirable. If there's anything that our faculty are, it's they they are here for the students. They love the students. But I think what's missing sometimes is understanding that professional learning ultimately helps your students. Right. So trying to get that across as well as incentivize the faculty was a big priority for me um, in creating the Teaching and Learning Center. We exist for the faculty. So Ronald, Jeff, and I are here to support faculty needs. But another element of my job specifically is to provide relevant professional learning opportunities to faculty. So it's going to faculty, asking for their feedback, having them become faculty leaders in the trainings that we offer. And then also we have in-service days. So faculty can increment with professional development hours, but they can also increment by attending three faculty in-services. So when Jeff and our other instructional designer came on board, the Teaching and Learning Center, that gave more capacity for us to do more things. I've appreciated uh, being part of that, the uh, professional development planning, and I've been really impressed with feedback that you get from uh, faculty and from the different communities to uh, that help you make decisions about uh, what we actually do. I've been on uh, I've been on other campuses where it wasn't that thoughtful about how they put together professional development. Professional development can sometimes feel kind of random. You know, it's, uh, it's oh, well, we have, uh, you know, XYZ training, so let's just go ahead and offer XYZ training. Or we paid for this training six or seven years ago. Uh, let's get our money's worth out of it and still, um, still put it out there. Uh, but we're doing really interesting things here. Examples of, of not relevant um, professional development would be I was at a community college where uh, they had no professional development for staff, and one year they decided to put together professional development for staff. And the uh, first two sessions, um, the first one was on preventing spousal abuse. Uh, the second one was on, um, on uh, economic education, you know, how to handle your money. Um, so the, the message is that we were, uh, poor wife beaters oh my God. and, um, uh, it was, and it received the, um, a very similar, uh, similar reception to, uh, to what Ronald was saying here. I, I think maybe a little bit more upset than that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised, but yeah. I think it's a common problem though at institutions across the nation is they they are finally starting to realize faculty need professional learning and teaching and learning is important but the staff component is still not there and 
I think that's a common problem across all institutions is having that collaborative effort in professional development for faculty and staff because we're all here to support the student and cross divisional learning brings people together and I mean our center I wish we had more capacity to do staff development and it's something on the horizon but I do think that that's something to know right Jeff that lots of institutions don't even have specific centers for staff development. Yeah, and if you ha- if you have the right right people in a teaching and learning center, what you f- figure out is that um, we do need the resources and we do need the people, but I think a good TLC is able to find the talent within the institution, find out what our faculty really do well, and then help them, facilitate them bringing that out to um, bringing that out to other faculty. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's bringing it out to themselves. You know, I'll have um, faculty come into this office to talk to us, and we're there to solve a problem. But a lot of times solving the problem first starts with helping the faculty see what they're doing right, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, their, what their strengths are in their, uh, in their work. Mm-hmm. And I, I see a lot of that happening with uh, professional development here at Clover Park. I was really impressed with some of the first programs that Kristen put together. Uh, I would listen to her talk about what she wanted to do, and I would think to myself, <laughs> in that time frame with these people, and they're going to say yes. And so magically, they they you know they say yes, and and just a, a quick thumbnail sketch as our spring in service is faculty. Uh, thinking about what they're passionate about and then bringing other faculty together to learn that. Like it might be rock drumming. It might be uh, creating a bow out of PVC. It might be identifying plants. Uh, But then we come in and we talk to those faculty about what techniques they use for teaching. And we highlight the teaching techniques while they highlight the things that they're passionate about. And I think that's a very that's a very innovative practice, and it's one that uh, builds community on campus, uh, which is where I think some of our best professional development comes from. Yeah, that also came from having just been through the very thick of the pandemic, and bringing it to our teaching and learning center steering and in service committees, saying what can we do? You know, this is our first in service back. This was. 2022 spring was our first in-person in-service back together and we didn't want it to just be sit here and absorb sit here and listen to us give you the philosophy behind things we wanted them to be able to practice and see people practicing the skills that they had been learning in their professional development the whole year before so it wasn't my brainchild. It came from a lot of great minds at our institution thinking, how can we really support people who have been working extremely hard for their students through the pandemic? So, and it worked so well that faculty told me, you better do that next year or we're not calling. <laughs> and speaking of next year, it's now, uh, by the time that we're recording this, it is a uh, couple weeks away, yeah. our May faculty in service, May 19th, uh, we will 
give a little recap here on the podcast to let you all know how it went. But if you're a faculty, you should be looking forward to it at Clover Park. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the plan that you all created uh, last last year in, in terms of the hub and the spoke professional development that I'm, I'm a little bit new here. This is Ronald, by the way. Uh, I'm a little new here. And so um, I came into this, uh, this project that you all were working on, kind of the tail end. And I was impressed with everything that you all have created and working with the faculty and all that stuff. But uh, for those that are familiar, what, what's going on with that? So we, as I mentioned earlier, were part of the Achieving the Dream cohort, um, which was called Building Capacity for Change, and it was specifically for teaching and learning centers. Some had been going for a while in the cohort. Some had had just barely started, and we were kind of in the middle because we had already started. But something that came from that was talking to, we had a great cohort who had, in all different divisions of the college for faculty and then Jeff was on it and one of our other instructional designers. And through that, the faculty shared some barriers to professional learning and it was time, value, and relevance. There were a few things that they were concerned about that they just, you know, our faculty have a heavy workload at a technical college. You have some programs that are with students from 8.30 in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon and so getting professional development done during the day just wasn't happening. So we decided as a teaching and learning center that we were going to do everything we could to make it easy and relevant and provide the value to the faculty. So what we ended up doing was thinking of how could we do this? So at fall in service last year, we launched our professional learning tracks so we had four different tracks that faculty can choose from. So one was called Cornerstone of College Instruction. So that would be something we would suggest for newer faculty or faculty that hadn't been at Clover Park for a while. And then we have had another track called Open Education Practices. So we had four and we uh, promoted it for quite a, a month or two ahead of time so that faculty could figure out what track maybe they wanted to go on. And at in-service day, we put them in the hub course in Canvas, which was their main course for all the faculty that wanted to be in that track. And then from that hub course, we also had spokes. But we realized this wasn't as easy as we thought it was going to be for faculty. So it worked. I mean, we had faculty leaders. Um, we had some faculty engaged. We have a lot of faculty who are scrambling to get all their PDU in by the deadline for the increment. Um, we have faculty who see the value now because they've gone through some of them and they've been able to implement things in their classrooms and they've seen improvement with their students, which is always the main goal. Um, but we've also, we also know that that was our pilot. And so we've been in an assessment mode through the whole year trying to figure out how can we do this better for next year what am i forgetting oh well i think i think that um that we've had so there were some challenges getting it up off the ground mm -hmm. and so one being that i had a baby <laughs> that's a big break the week before half a fall hit that was an unfortunate time to 
I have a lovely child, but that was unfortunate timing. Sorry, it's Jeff. <laughs> Eleanor, the first TLC baby. The first TLC baby. <laughs> well, so I see how there were some issues when we got it started out. It was hard to sort of get this thing going. And then we did get it going, and but we may have lost a few people along the way. My my feeling is is that we need to adapt and kind of change, but also I think it I still think it's a sound model, you know, just in general, like the tracks, providing a structure to it that's transparent, that lets the faculty know how these events are related to each other, and then but then it still gives faculty choices, yeah. So they can take the track. They could take multiple events or courses outside of the tracks. They can bring professional development to campus. And I think that the uh, badging element really helps with that. That totally helps. Yeah, because that allows us to recognize professional development from other other places or uh, to recognize work that faculty do. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, we provide professional development credit for faculty who are implementing something that they've learned in one of our courses, like the AQ course or the Open Education Resources 101 course. Yeah. The the badges is something that I got really excited about uh, coming to this school. And um, it's it's something that's been in development since I've been here. But for those of you out there that had uh, some trouble uh, with the professional development, uh, we hear you, and we are working on making it much more streamlined, simpler. The information is going to be great, and it's going to be, you know, intensive, and, you know, you'll have to put in the effort for learning your thing and applying it to your classrooms. But um, in terms of getting everything, you know, nice nice and easily done, knowing what to do, when it's due, yeah, creating that sense of community... I think that's something that we're uh, going to be focusing on this year as we as we work with the professional development. Yeah, and we want it to be fun, right? Like it, it doesn't have to be a drudgery to go through your professional learning. You wouldn't want your students don't want your classes to be like that. Yeah, that's right. So the teaching and learning center doesn't want our our courses to be like that. So that's one thing I'm really looking forward to is that if if done right, the professional development. In addition to the actual like things that they will learn and use in the classroom, the way that we present it hopefully will also rub off on yeah. on the faculty, right? Because, as I said in in the first episode, I think that I mean depends on the subject, but I would say whatever you're trying to teach, somebody can teach uh, some some subject and it could be the most boring thing in the world, and then another person can teach the same subject and it could be the most interesting thing in the world. So I think it depends on the kind of the way that it's delivered. And if everyone can, you know, get on board and, you know, if we're going to include this, these badges that are going to, you know, show the proof that you've done the work, uh, if we can have it so that the faculty can work together and kind of encourage each other, add a little bit of accountability, then I feel like then it's really going to, it's really going to hit. I think our faculty come with a already a huge advantage. I mean, and most faculty do. They already have a passion for their subject. And that's the number one 
thing that you have to have to be a good teacher is be passionate about your subject. And then beyond that, we're just honing some of the curriculum design, the instructional practices. We're just helping support faculty, maybe how to do things in an easier way, less time consuming. Right. Uh, we get faculty who come to us and they have a really amazing idea. Like they want to do micro lectures, which is proven statistically to be an effective method of delivery. And we're able to provide them quick, easy ways to do that, that if they were to dig down and have to research and do it themselves, it would take hours and hours where we could provide a module on it and get them where they need to be very quickly. So I think remembering like whether you're our faculty at Clover Park or other faculty, the teaching and learning centers, they're, they're there for you. So it's kind of like what we tell our students, the tutoring center, the writing labs, they're there for your students. And if they don't use them, most likely the funding is going to start going away. So with faculty, you should utilize the teaching and learning center. It's, it's here for you. And we're here to provide a service to you to make your classroom environment what you want it to be for your students. And professional learning is going to be one way to get you there. Right. And I, I was talking with you all off air about kind of the importance of professional development. And, yeah. you know, if people are really that interested in it, and I believe that if it provides the value and can help these passionate instructors deliver their lessons in the easiest way for them so that they're not worried about how to set up uh, something in in Canvas that yeah. they don't know about or like if, if you can think about as a student, if you're in a, if you're a student and you're taking the class and you just want to learn the subject that the instructor is teaching, but you're like bogged down with trying to navigate and, oh, when is this assignment due? And, uh, you know, what, what do I need to do for this week? That, that type of thing is, is not what we need to be focusing on. Mm -hmm. If, if we can help the instructors so that they can make it as easy as possible for themselves, not only themselves, but the students, mm -hmm. then, um, I think it's going to be best for everyone. Totally. And what we're hoping develops from that is they'll have, they'll end up with a community of learners together. So you'll be in community with someone potentially who teaches a completely different thing than you do, but their strategies are effective. And so you can learn from each other because we're not touting ourselves as the only people who are concerned about teaching and learning. I think that everyone at Clover Park is concerned with teaching and learning and doing doing it well. I think we just it's our it's our jobs. It's our focus. So we get the the honor and privilege to make that the focus of what we do and hopefully take things off of faculty plates instead of adding more and more and more. That's a good point. But on the other side of that, though, the uh, teaching and learning center has a great potential to be a safe space oh, yeah. for somebody who might, wants to experiment yes. with innovation or try something that they might not be comfortable with yet. Yeah. Um, and if you're a faculty member and you want to participate in professional development, 
it's an opportunity for you to kind of get out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. and do something interesting that you might be able to bring back to your own classroom. Yeah. All right. I think that was a great discussion on professional development. Before we end our second episode, let's do our Simon Says. Check it out. <laughs> All right. Um, the thing that I'd like you to check out is it's an app that I use uh, when making videos, and it's called Flip Camera. And it's a silly thing, but what it does is it allows you to film outwardly facing video, but when you want to add uh, narration or say something, you click a button and it switches automatically back to the uh, backward facing camera. So you can go back and forth at the click of a button. So, you, so it's, it's easier to edit yourself into the video because you're in the, yeah. in the raw footage. I've never used. So it's called. Didn't tell me about that. Flip camera. I'm telling you. Gatekeeper. Right <laughs> right Flip camera. Okay. Flip camera. Um, that's good. I got to check that out. Uh, I would like to talk about. Uh, I'll give you all a book recommendation here for uh, my check it out. Um, there was a book that I read during my uh, master's degree program, uh, and it's called The Octalysis Framework. It's by a guy named Yukai Chao. And um, I think it relates to what we were talking about earlier about motivation and some of these things that motivate us um, whenever we're learning something. And um, some people can use it very well and some people can use it very poorly. You can see uh, aspects of this in video games. You can see it in movies. You can see it in um, apps or websites that have been gamified. But I'll just run through the quick, uh, very quickly, the eight core drives um, of gamification here, according to the Octalysis framework. Number one, epic meaning and calling. So that's maybe the most important thing is giving uh, your learners a reason um, that is epic for them to uh, to do what they need to do. Ne next one is development and accomplishment. That relates kind of similar to what we were talking with the badges as you um complete professional development you can get a badge and show that off empowerment and creativity and feedback that's being able to customize um, whatever your learning is and then be able to give feedback on it ownership and possession you would see this as sort of like collecting things uh, there's lots of rpgs where you can kind of collect things think about something like a pokemon social influence and relatedness this kind of goes to the groups um, coming together and uh, doing some collaboration. Scarcity and impatient. This is the thing that you don't like when you're playing a game or doing something where they make you wait uh, and make it seem like there's not enough of something. Uh, unpredictability and curiosity. That's rolling the dice and not knowing what the number is going to be. And the, the last one, number eight, is loss and avoidance. And that is um, something like a FOMO or they talk about the sunk cost prison, putting in so much time and then not getting in, not wanting to quit in, in worrying that you're gonna lose that stuff. So I highly recommend a book, gives a lots of great examples there, if you're, especially if you're into gamification and motivation. So this kind of brings both of yours into what I was gonna talk about, and that's an app called Hoopla. Our public library system uses it right now uh, and you can get ebooks and music and books 
the Octolysis framework? You probably can. I'll have to look and see if I can, but I think that some some libraries use Libby, but I find Hoopla better. So if your public library uses it, it seems to have more. That's my suggestion for today. All right. Those were some great recommendations. I just want to thank everyone for listening. And that is the end of this edition of Simon Says Educate. And that wraps up another insightful episode of Simon Says Educate. Thank you for joining us today as we delved into the fascinating world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation and gained valuable insights to inspire your own educational journey. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Remember to join us again next week as we continue to explore innovative strategies and share inspiring stories from the CPTC community. Until then, I'm Simon, your AI host, reminding you to never stop learning and growing. Take care, and see you next time on Simon Says Educate.